Hi, everyone, and welcome to another season of IJD HTF, where we will be recapping Stranger Things Season 4. Episode 1. Yes. So, I know that last episode we left you off and we're like, we're going to be recapping the quest, but I think that that is getting put on the back burner for just a moment because Stranger Things came out, and it's just so exciting that we can't wait to talk about it. Yes. So, this episode of Stranger Things starts off with a flashback to 1979 in the compound in which Eleven and the other like ex- numbered agents or... Experiment children. Yeah, whatever. were being raised. Yeah, so they actually put a trigger warning at the very beginning of this episode because they had filmed this, what, like a year or so ago, and then because of the shooting at the school this past week, they were like, you know what, let's put a trigger warning on this just to be safe. And it basically shows Dr. Brenner walking through the compound and like he hears screaming and there's blood all over and he sees like a bunch of bodies of children that are. Well, okay. So Brenner's actually working with one of the unique children and he's working with his like, I guess this child has psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. And so he basically is asking him to try to look and see what other children are doing in the compound and then he starts freaking out and he's like oh my gosh they're dead like all the other kids are dead and then the door breaks off and when he comes to wake he's finds 11 in blood with like blood pouring out of her eyes yeah because she overexhausted her powers and he's just like what did you do and so, it's kind of like well he did she did exactly what you trained her to do Yeah. Right, because that's what the whole idea of the compound was. Which I'm curious to see. I'm assuming we're going to get more flashbacks throughout the season of, like, what led up to that. I'm assuming. I assume they're not just going to, like, leave it there. So I'm curious to see what would, like, drive her to do that. But later in this episode, I think we kind of get, like, hints and glimpses into, like, why she may have just like exploded on all those kids. Right. And we fast forward back to the present 1986 and you find out that Elle has actually lost her powers or she talks a little bit about it. Like she doesn't know why they're not there Coming anymore. back because yeah. at the end of last season she had lost them and they're like, don't worry, they'll come back. Yeah. And now at this point they're still not back and they're in high school now. Yeah. And they're all like not close close friends anymore. A couple of them are still together, like Elle and Will, Will are still really close friends. Well, because they live together now, since Hopper possibly died. Um, we'll get more to that. Joyce has been taking care of Will, her own son, and Jonathan, of course, and then Eleven. So Joyce has a new job cold calling people, and it seems like she's trying to sell encyclopedias to them. Which was a very popular thing in the 80s. Yeah. My grandparents owned a full set of encyclopedias. I'm pretty sure they bought from cold callers, so. Yeah, so it's a real thing that happened. Because, you know, it was pre-internet, so they're like, if there's anything you ever want to know at the touch of your fingertips, an encyclopedia is what you need. Which would be a horrible job, honestly, but. Yeah. So next we have Mike, who is still dating Elle. Yes, Elle, like, writes him this note at the beginning of the episode being like, oh, I'm, like, hopefully going to have straight A's in school. I've made some great friends. Like, she talks up everything, and he's going to come visit for spring break. But what we realize is that 
she lied basically the entire letter. She has essentially no friends at school. Yeah. She gets bullied a lot. She's failing a lot of classes. Yeah. It's sad. And it looks like Dustin and... Dustin and Mike are still buddy-buddy. Right. They're, like, really close still. Um, unfortunately, Lucas seems to want bigger and grander things. He's kind of, like, more into sports. Well, um, he's kind of, like, sick of being bullied, so he's like, I want to be a popular kid. Like, I want us to be popular. I don't want us to be at the bottom of the food chain forever. Yeah. So he's a bench warmer on the basketball team. Correct. Which, I mean, you'd think they would be playing him more because he seems to be a decent player, but maybe it's because they're freshmen or... I think they also really do show, like, the disparity between racial diversity Mm -hmm. because he's, like, literally the only black child on the team and he's a bench warmer. So it's, like, kind of, like, this weird... Yeah, I actually hadn't even thought about that, but that does make a good point. So they basically take into account, like, the... um, inequalities still because there probably were a lot of inequalities in in indiana and or 90s i guess whatever so let's see who else do we have jonathan he's uh smoking pot with his buddies he has a new friend and they basically smoke pot all the time he's still dating nancy back home who's mike's sister but Neither of them are going to see each other for spring break, but they're like, but we love each other. We're perfect together. And she got accepted, like early acceptance to the college of her dreams. He's still waiting for an acceptance letter. So it's kind of like that weird. Are we going to go to the same college? Are we not going to go to the same college? And like, you didn't really see too much of her last season, but I feel like she's playing a bigger role this season. Uh, She does have, she's like um, trying to become the lead writer in like, the school newspaper. The school newspaper. So that's going to be kind of like, you know, she's basically a journalist and you have this whole, it's like a setup in my opinion. Yeah. Like she's going to basically be reporting, like giving information to the masses. So she's going to have to put a really interesting spin on things if she's explaining why there's monsters. Another character we have to talk about where they're at is Steve because, you know, Steve's in college now. Oh yeah. He's, the only college guy at this point, I believe. And he's just working. He's still friends with Robin. Robin, he's like giving her advice like, oh, there's this girl in band that you like. Like, she obviously likes boobies too. You should just ask her out. And I know, I like Robin too. So I'm glad that we're. I like she's Robin still a main and character. Steve together. Yeah. I think they're really fun. And then Steve obviously is just like bouncing girl to girl. Like every episode, he's talking about a different girl. And I didn't think, is Robin in college or is she in high school? She's still in high school. Okay. Because she's in the band. Yeah, that's right. And I think their relationship is really fun. Dustin and Steve are still kind of like, they seem to be friends, but not as close as they were a few seasons ago. And then someone we can't really ignore this episode is Max, who lost her brother last season at the end of the season. And now is kind of going through the stages of grief. She seems like she's kind of like imploding a little bit. Like her grades are failing. She's no longer dating Lucas. Lucas. Like she's her mom started drinking again, I guess, from what we understand. And And like Elle was her best friend. Elle moved away. She's now kind of is just a loner who walks around with headphones, kind of in a daze. Yeah. They don't even she doesn't even talk to Elle anymore. 
It's really sad. So uh, we are going to dive a little bit deeper into the actual plot of this episode when we come back from our break. Our next partner has a product that we use literally every single day, and that is AG1 from Athletic Greens. And I'm obsessed with it. It is a green powder that you can add to your water. You can add it to milk. I like to do it in smoothies. And it's a great way to like boost our immune system, get more energy, have better gut health. Like everything that just makes you feel a little bit healthier is what AG1 helps you incorporate into your life. And the taste is super nice. Like when you think green, you're usually like, oh, greens, but it's really nice, more like, I'd say more like an apple-y, like fruity flavor versus straight up greens. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. And like I said, it still tastes good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, mental clarity, alertness, all the good stuff. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's recommended by professional athletes. Not only that, Athletic Greens is a climate neutral certified company and in 2020 AG purchased carbon credits that support projects projecting old growth in rainforests. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations to help get nutrition nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry, which is here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every single day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash time. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash time to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So there are a few new characters I want to introduce before we move into the main plot. Uh, And one of them is not necessarily a new character, but you don't really hear much of her. Her name's Erica. She's Lucas's sister. But she plays a big part because she is the new f- member of the D&D club that's also a new attribute to the show, which is basically a D&D club where... Who was in it? It was... Um, Dustin, Mike, and then Lucas was supposed to be part of the Hellfire Club too, but he kind of put it on the back burner because of basketball. So they had to like scramble, scramble, scramble to find someone new. They're like, Steve, join... Like, random kids at school, please join. And they end up getting Erica Correct. to join with them. And also, the leader is a brand new person to the show. And his name is... Eddie. Eddie. And Eddie is a three-time senior local drug dealer. And, you know, he's into heavy metal. And this guy looks like a good replace. I don't want to say replacement for Billy. But, like, he has that, like, bad boy energy. But still, like, a good guy underneath. Yeah, it's like a good replacement for the guy that died last season. And then there also is a new key plot character called Chrissy. She's a cheerleader. She's been having visions of like a grandfather clock in the forest where spiders are like coming out. Her mother is like berating her. She keeps getting like 
And like monsters keep coming out and then like she'll see them and then they'll disappear. Like someone right. will like knock her out of the hallucination. So she goes to Eddie and is kind of like, oh, like I need to buy drugs from you. They meet up in the forest. Right. To like do a drug deal. And she's like, do you have anything stronger? Like, do you ever feel like you're losing your mind? And he's like, I always feel like I'm losing my mind. Everyone feels like they're losing their mind. But she's like literally losing her mind. Yeah. But she's supposed to be, like, the queen of the high school, like, this number one person, and you're seeing her kind of breaking down. Yeah. And you do find out that um, Eddie lives across the way from... Max. Max. Which is kind of interesting because Max is kind of, like, intertwined with Chrissy's fate a little bit. Like, she's the first one... That asks Chrissy if she's okay because she's like throwing up in the bathroom and like, yeah, you know, she's like, are you okay? And then she sees Chrissy go into Eddie's trailer trailer. later. We'll talk about what happens there. Um, Yeah. So she's like very intertwined and she also is one of the main characters that is grieving. So she's probably most empathetic to whatever's going on there. Yeah, so let's talk about Elle for a minute. Because she is now going by Jane at her new high school. She has to make a visual presentation of her hero. And the popular girl in school is like, my hero is Helen Keller. And like does a whole slideshow. And then Elle goes up and has a diorama. And she's like, my hero is my father. This is Hopper. This is our squirrel. He makes the best egos, all these things. And the popular girl is basically like... I thought it had to be a famous person. This is so stupid. Like, you didn't even follow the directions. And Elle is basically like, he was a hero. Like, he was a hero. He was in the paper. He saved all these people from a mall fire. They're basically teasing her just incessantly. She then later on is walking through the quad. They smash her diorama. They make fun of her some more. And then she, like, basically says something along the lines of like, oh, you're going to pay for that and does her like scream and hand thing like when she right. is going to use happens. her powers. Nothing happens. And then people make fun of her more. And one of the school administrators kind of sees what's going on. They pull the popular girl away and they say, oh, you're going to the office. You've been being mean or whatever. So now she's going to get bullied more because of that, I'm sure. And then Will, you can tell, wants to help, but then what is Will really going to do? He's, like, a nerd. And we do see, like, some girl rubbing up on Will's leg in class, and he, like, keeps pushing her away. And I don't know if this feeds into, like... like does Will like Elle? Is that what... No, I don't know if Will is kind of stuck in wanting to be a child and, like... Like, they kind of mentioned before where maybe he's, like, asexual and, like... Oh, yeah. Kind of in that thing. And he's just like, no, like, I want things to be as they were. I don't want people to be dating each other. I don't want this. Like, I want, like, what it was before. Or if maybe he might be gay. And maybe he was, like, in love with Dustin or Mike or whatever. Okay. Um, So, one of the big plots is Lucas... It's, like, the rift between Mike and Dustin and Lucas... Because Lucas has uh, a championship game, but it's also the same time that the Hellfire, the D&D group, are supposed to be initiating and going on like a big quest. quest. So 
The Lucas asks Mike and Destin to figure out a way to postpone it. As we know, they, they choose don't. not to, and they get his baby sister Which, in the group. His baby sister is like. She's like ba- I'm level built for fourteen. It. Like I know all yeah. this information, and the older guys in the club because the club is headed by Eddie, who's older, graduating high school, and Who may have been held back. We're they not said sure. he's a, thir- a third time senior, so he's at this point like twenty or twenty one, right? Yeah. So they have like this eleven year old girl coming in and filling in, and they're like, "Wow, she actually knows her stuff." Yeah. So and so they choose not to go um, support Lucas at. The championship, but they also know that Lucas is kind of like a bench warmer. So they're well, like, Well, that's what they told them. They're like, You just sit on the bench anyway. Like, why would we yeah. postpone this to watch you sit on the bench? However, Lucas actually wins the game. Yeah, there's a bunch of injuries on his team. They end up putting him in. He makes the shot right at the buzzer. Yeah. He wins them the game. It's this huge thing. And at the same time, like Dustin and Mike and everyone are. They just Roll beat their big monster. It's a big deal yeah. in their D&D game. So Everybody's dead except for Erica. She rolls a 20. So it's like this huge like rift, right? So then you see Lucas after the game. None of his friends are there. But then he sees them coming out of the Hellfire Club. And he's like, oh, like you can tell that he's kind of regretful he missed it. But also bummed that they weren't there for his big moment. Yeah. And then we also see Max listening on the radio to the game. And hearing that he won. So she earlier in the game was like, I don't care about your basketball. Like, I'm not going to the game. Right. Like, we broke up. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. But then she still obviously does care about him if she's listening to his game on the radio. Yeah. So another huge reveal in this um, episode is there's a Russian doll that's been sent from Russia to Joyce. And Joyce doesn't really understand what what it is because she's like, oh, why would they send me a Russian doll, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she calls up uh, Murray. Yeah. Is that how you say his name? Murray. Murray. So Murray from last season was like... He's a little He's a little crazy, but that's exactly what they needed, right? Because he would like go in and infiltrate and like do all these... Because he's like, oh, there were Russian... um, Spies or they were scientists. They were Russian yeah. postage that was on the packages, probably from Russia. Yeah. yeah, and he's just like totally thinking it's a bomb. And then like he's like, "Are there cut. wires? Are there bombs? Like you obviously messed up their whole mission, yeah. so like it wouldn't put it past it to be a bomb." So he basically is like, you "Take a can of paint yeah. and like do a rope, and then drop it really hard on it so it breaks it open." She ends up going through this whole thing. The neighbors think she's crazy as they're watching her do it. She cracks open the stall, and there is a note inside. And the first line of the note says, Hop is alive. Which we kind of knew from, like, the media they've been doing. It's like, when they post enough photos of Hopper on set, chances are... It's kind of strange, though, because the note was, like, almost looked like a ransom note. Mm-hmm. Because all the letters were cut out of magazines. It wasn't, like, written nicely. It was, like, glued letters together. Yeah, so I'm excited to see, like, kind of where that came from. Is there, like, a guard in Russia that, like, helped put that together and send it off for him? Well, it clearly was a Russian doing it because the next line of the note is he looks forward to date and then please to make. So it doesn't, like, read very well, but we'll have to just wait and see on that one. Yeah, I'm really pumped about that. So I guess we have to go back to probably the biggest plot of this entire thing, which is Chrissy and Eddie. 
Right. Or it's the main plot anyway. Of this episode. Um, I feel like everything else was kind of just like putting in place what's going to happen next. So basically Chrissy is like, I need something harder than marijuana. And Eddie says, sure, come back to my trailer park and I've got some special K there. Basically what I'm assuming is ketamine. And he's like searching all over his place for it. He's like, I can't find it. Just give me a minute. So he kind of goes into the other room of the trailer. She starts to hallucinate. Yes. He comes back and she's just completely dazed out. She's like, you keep seeing the flashes of her with like monsters coming after her and picking her up. She's like in a two story home and her mom's there and her dad's there. But his face is like messed up. Like he like glued shut and like, yeah weird and goopy and her mother is like screaming scolding her but it's really the monster yeah it's very strange and to me it kind of almost looks like the emergence of the two worlds yes so when he comes back in like she's like lifted up like you see in a lot of paranormal movies where it's like it's kind of strange though yeah and in her hallucinogen the monster is like trapped her Mm -hmm. and is like got her by the head so he's like lifting her up and then, like, chucks her against the wall in real life. Yeah, and then it, like, it shows all of her, like, bones breaking. And then her eyes, like, sink in and explode or something. Yeah, so, of course, Eddie's flipping out. And He's, like, trying to wake her the whole time, right? And the only person who saw Chrissy go over there was Max. And the one thing about this is that Max knows about what's going on in Hawkins. So... She's probably going to be the most empathetic towards Eddie, I'm assuming. Like, she's going to be like, you need to either stay out of this or you, like, this, like, she can explain to him what's going on. Because at this point, Eddie doesn't know. Well, I kind of think that they might spin it a different way. And when the cops start asking about where Chrissy went, she might be like, oh, he went into Eddie's trailer. I don't see her blabbing. She might. I'm excited to see. Well, if the trailer is missing, that might be... Or she might approach him and be like, what happened to her, right? Because I don't know what's going to... Like, when she goes missing, I think Max will probably approach him and be like, I "I know I saw her going... You know, I don't see Eddie hiding Chrissy's body. Like, I don't think Eddie would do that. So Eddie's probably going to get stuck looking like he murdered Chrissy. Yeah, but... I mean, I feel like whenever they get, like, possessed and everything, isn't there a lot of, like, weird... Like, there's always weird goops and stuff around them that, like, aren't natural. So I feel like if the cops were smart, they would try to, like, cover it up. But... I don't know. That's kind of like, you know, popular cheerleader, you know, gets murdered by a drug dealer. Kind of like, I don't know, maybe makes a better story. It's not looking good for Eddie. Yeah, so what we kind of have lined up... Obviously, the rift between the boys, everyone kind of breaking apart, spring break coming up. So we're going to get to see people kind of merge back together. Elle still doesn't have her powers. Elle doesn't have the powers, but she is being bullied. And kind of when she screamed and did that whole thing towards everyone, you kind of understand what could have been going on at the compound. Where it's like, had she been bullied, had she been picked on and she just like exploded and like literally just obliterated people. I guess we'll find out. So tune in next week to hear more about what happens.